And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Another week, another episode of Straight Out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. Coming up today, a magnificent seven dwarfs the non-entities of Norwich, the Carabao Cup reaches round four, England on target for England, and a little bit more besides. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic, this is Straight Out of Cobham. Well, that was a good weekend, wasn't it? Here to talk through the demolition of Norwich City are two of The Athletic's finest, Dominic Fifield. Good morning, Matt. And Simon Johnson. Hello. Hello. Uh, let's get to Saturday then, shall we? Goes long to Sheik with a powerful run. Looks for the return. Beautifully played by Ziyech. Bounce in the middle on a hat-trick. Barkley further across. Long to Sheik. Mount hat-trick. Chelsea have seven. It's my job to find solutions. And, and then on the pitch, it's, it's the guys who need to prove that they are capable of uh, playing in this kind of level and, and they still need to prove. This was only one game. We did very, very well today. That's why I'm happy. Ah, it was a good day. Special day, definitely, to, to score a hat-trick here at the bridge. Um, I don't think I've ever scored more than one goal for Chelsea, so to get three in a game after, I think, 25 games I just saw that I, I didn't score. It's a great feeling, but most importantly, seven goals. It's you don't really see that often, and to get a clean sheet, the way we performed today, um, mentality-wise, we was top class. Chelsea seven, Norwich nil at Stamford Bridge. Then the Blues recording their second biggest win in Premier League history and forcing the Vidi printer to spell it out. Uh, Simon, like me, you were on hand at Stamford Bridge for this game. We'll get to Chelsea and we'll give them loads and loads of praise, but I just wonder. Have you ever seen a poorer performance from an opposition team than this? Well, since Malmo. (laughs) (laughs) They were were a bit worse than Malmo, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pack your bags for the championship. It's it's so... so, I I know Norwich are very sensitive about the kind of criticism they've they've been getting, and and we touched on this on on the preview show. But but when you see the, the likes of Brentford and Sheffield United and Leeds in their first seasons in the in the Premier League sort of really add something and and give it a go and 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 look like they're ready to compete, and then you see Norwich and you just go, it's like throwing in the towel already. Um, it's difficult because you don't want to take away from Chelsea's performance, but. It was. I bet Lukaku was sitting there going, "Oh, for goodness' sake!" <laughs> my, the time of my injury, I, I could have got a hat trick quite comfortably against this lot, and then ease some of the doubters. Because yeah, it was. It was just. It was a bit. It was just pathetic. And Daniel Farker looked like he 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 didn't really have much of an idea of how to change things or or uh, provide damage limitation. It was just a complete sur- meek surrender. 
Don, we thought that this was the start of a good run of games for Chelsea, starting with Malmo. That's really the way that it's proved so far. 11 goals without reply in the space of a couple of weeks. And and maybe more importantly here, people getting on target who hadn't before. Most most specifically, Mason Mount, obviously, his first Chelsea hat-trick. And he was really due a goal. Real Madrid in the Champions League semi-final is his last one before Saturday. Yeah, absolutely right. That 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 was the the, the big benefit to Chelsea other than the the boost of the goal difference and the you know maintaining that position at the top of the of the table this was an opportunity to bring people into form against utterly hapless opponents who who provided them with the space to do what they want to do and and, and the hope is that you know if 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 the likes of Mount find their range, and I mean Hudson Odoi can be thrown into that as well, uh, even even Loftus Cheek as an attacking force when he came on late on with that with that burst for the was it for the seventh goal or the I can't even remember I lost count at that point. Yeah. Um, they they're bringing people that have 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 maybe not flattered to deceive because Loftus Cheek has done well, but they they just they just wanted that thing just to take them to the next level just to just to sort of remind themselves of the quality the attacking qualities that they've got mount had spoken in the build up about how he he should be scoring more goals he he needed to to find that ruthless edge again and you know here come norwich just to open the doors to him basically you go just help yourself and um yeah, that was great to see some some great finishes in there i thought the first one was actually a, a brilliant finish fantastically crisply struck and it just it just provides everybody with a with a lift after the sort of recent stutters yeah they're getting back into some rhythm and upbeat tempo to their to their game again and you know when the next big test comes along and looking at I mean I think Newcastle will be tough I watched Newcastle on Saturday they're they're very defensive all of a sudden now so it'll be difficult breaking them down potentially this weekend but you know the next big game that Chelsea, the next big challenge they face, whether that be Juventus possibly in the Champions League, I think they they should go into that game with a lot more belief and conviction and and more used to playing in this upbeat manner. Yeah, I was thinking the next big game might be Manchester United at home next month, but um, maybe not. <laughs> Come on, <No. laughs> <laughs> this weekend. Um, so at half time, it was Cobham three, Norwich nil. Uh, Simon, the, the subject of your your post match piece was those academy grads and and how Thomas Tuchel's used them. You know, we we've rightly and you have given a lot of praise to Frank Lampard for the job he did of integrating them. But it is worth pointing out that it's not like they've been cast aside since Tuchel took charge. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a point worth worth making because I just remember it being a real stick to beat Lampard with, uh, in particular that oh he's only doing this because of the transfer ban, it won't last. Chelsea will cast them aside. They'll, they'll they'll go and buy loads of players, which they have done. But these guys have shown that they're good enough and Tuchel is, is benefiting from Lampard's work uh, and trust in these guys. Um, but he's still picking them. And, and I just, I just thought that was a point worth making. It was, it was, it was the story of the day. You had to sort of write about the Academy in, in some way because they, they were, predominantly responsible for the scoreline. But I just thought it was worth sort of noting that here we are two years later and sort of a lot of the the phases that made the breakthrough at Chelsea are, are still contributing now. And of course, Tuchel's added to that, to that uh, list by bringing uh, Trevor Chalobah into the, into the group. And, and 
it's not a complete sort of oh the academy rules the roost at Chelsea now because we saw in the in the summer that that quite a few of the the hot prospects left, but they're still playing a part, and I think it's something that should be celebrated. Uh, Dom, did you have a, a favourite goal of the seven? I think the Reese James dink was was probably my favourite. Mount's first was pretty good too. Even Callum's finish from that lovely Kovacic pass, which seems to be becoming a thing. They're genuinely all blurred into one now in my head. <laughs> um, I I liked Ruben Loftus Cheek's run, if I'm honest, but that that was uh, that that was the one that that gave me the most satisfaction. But I thought Mounts, yeah, the Mounts first, the the the, the, the crispness of that finish was was superb, and and I suppose you know on the basis that it was the first, you know, and that's that's that's. If Norwich were attempting to be stubborn, which clearly they don't have in their locker, but if they were attempting to do that, then the first is the most significant one, the one that punches all their optimism and, and belief. And, and so that opened the floodgates, basically. So probably the most significant. But but I think just generally, a, a sort of a rapturous, riotous performance was what was needed in the Premier League. And it really, yeah, it just, it just set the tone for the weekend. I know Arsenal fans might disagree because they got the Friday night fixture, but... But it, it was a remarkable weekend's fixture card in in the in the Premier League, and and Chelsea scoring seven really, you know, put the it was it was it was it was set the marker for the for those at the top of the table. Of which, in fairness, City and Liverpool responded. Is there nothing like a, you're talking about hapless performance? Does, doesn't every sort of like to sort of say you know to make it qualify as the hapless performance and woeful? Not, doesn't every one of those need a horrific own goal with that sort of <laughs> with that sort of cheer in the crowd, you know, you know, and then you see the replay. I mean, that was a beauty, uh, you know, poor old, it was kind of Aaron's, you felt sorry for him. And then, and then Tim Krull sort of, it, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was comedy, pure comedy. Even Max Aaron's is from West London, isn't he? He's from, <laughs> is he from Hammer, Hammersmith, I think. So it's another one to add to the... Uh, he just wanted to chip in on the English... Uh, <laughs> Golf scoring spree, but um, but it, I, in all seriousness, I, I sort of did sort of make a point of tweeting about it that, of course, didn't know what Man City and Liverpool were going to do. But goal difference, you know, it, I know it's early in the season, but I, I, I put it this way: you, you don't want a gap, a significant gap to build, um, like if Liverpool and City ran away with like, like the goal difference. So I thought that was good for Chelsea to to whack on seven goals onto their goals for column. But for that reason, it just you don't want to sort of think, oh, oh, we're technically a point off because we've got an inferior goal difference. And speaking of goals, eleven at home in a week, and all without Romelu Lukaku. Andrew says, "Good week to discuss that awkward Lukaku issue of whether a pressing team looks better without a static reference point who doesn't move." <laughs> He's our version of the Ronaldo at Juve problem. Um, I'd say that that last bit is probably a little bit harsh, Andrew. Um, but it's an interesting point, Dom, isn't it? And obviously, Lukaku's going to come back into the team when he's fit again. I guess if you're if you're glass half full, you're saying, "Well, Chelsea's spreading the goals around." What is it, seventeen? Different scorers mm. now, I think. If you glass half empty, you're saying we'd like Lukaku to be getting more of them than he has done. I just, I look at it through envious eyes, basically, that to have that option of having a 97.5 million pound striker, one of the best in the world, currently getting a bit of a breather that you probably need needed 
and ready to come back into the team, a team where the creative players should have up their their game and form by the time he comes back in on the on the basis of what we saw Saturday. I suspect there'll be there'll be more of a supply line when he does come back into the team than there has been. I think he suffered for for all that I, I completely understand that the sort of you know the press and having to learn how to play with Lukaku and and him having to adjust to how Chelsea want to play as well that that is an ongoing process and 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 will be revisited but it, it must have been difficult for him to to play the first few weeks and months of his his return to Chelsea alongside a lot of players who had lost form let's be honest a lot of those number 10s and the and the creative players weren't playing at their potential that that's how I mean Mason Mount has not had the best of his seasons I mean, he was he, he, there have been moments where he hasn't looked himself Hudson Odoi hasn't been in the team Ziyech we've Simon's written about Ziyech and and his he just doesn't hasn't looked at his best for us for some time he was great in pre-season but not so much since um and that you can extend that throughout I mean Kai Havertz another one who just he hasn't really been showing hasn't kicked on in the way that we expected he would do after the Champions League final um, but by the time that Lukaku comes back in, I think a lot of those guys will look more like them, their former selves. And, and yeah, he may find that suddenly goals get laid on a plate for him. And, and if they're playing anyone as bad as Norwich, then he'll he'll take those opportunities gleefully. And and it shouldn't be sort of forgotten that on Saturday, arguably, without sticking the boot in, but arguably Chelsea's most disappointing forward player, um, the defence obviously didn't have much to do, was Havertz playing? It's not like he had a, a. Liam's gonna come for you, mate. It's not like he had a, a this outstanding game that Lukaku um, hasn't. It was it was the wide net. It was Hudson Odoi. It was Mason Mount. It was the wing backs and uh, and Kovacic um, in particular that that sort of really had that that were were largely responsible for those seven goals. Havertz was actually, I, I thought, was a little bit disappointing. So I just think it's a bit, bit lazy to sort of go, oh, Chelsea have won 7-0 against Norwich and that's exposed Lukaku as some kind of weak link. Um, yeah, I just think that's a bit too easy to, to come to that conclusion. Uh, speaking of sideline strikers, finally on the Norwich game, producer Lucy wants to know, what sweep would you give Timo Werner? <laughs> You might have seen the, the footage of him turning his nose up at an orange wine gum. I've got to say, Timo, if, you, if you're going to come over here and, and, and live in England, you've got to embrace our culture, and wine gums are a big part of that. I think probably he might be a Werther's original kind of guy, Dom. <laughs> I had a little chat with the guy he was exchanging the uh, sweets with. I think it was a member of the Chelsea media team, if I'm right. Yeah, um, he just said, "Yeah, oh, sweet, sweet fun and games." Apparently, it's quite a common thing. Uh, what would we take? What would be a sweet that's brilliant in the build-up but not quite great? I was going to say something's hit and miss. <laughs> promises much, <laughs> dissolves um, in your mouth, and then you go, "Oh, that's a bit." What about a coffee revel? <laughs> oh, come on, it can't be a coffee revel. <laughs> sort of go, "Oh, this could be a really nice one," and then go, "Oh no, it's coffee." Sherbert dib dab, lots of fizz at the start, and then then doesn't quite follow through. <laughs> one of those gobstoppers that's actually got bubble gum in the middle, which is really disappointing because no one actually really wants bubble gum, do they? And it's lovely, lovely, lovely. Oh, it's horrible now. Um, <laughs> this is not the way I expected this podcast to go. <laughs> this isn't the highbrow. It was highbrow content that we were we were told. No, it was this, this be. is my kind of subject. Yeah, let's. Uh, what else can we think of? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, look, uh, Timo, maybe try the other flavours, see if they work out for you. But I'm a, I'm a big wine gums guy, so it was really disappointing to um, to see your reaction to those. Anyway, not too much time to bask in the glow of that victory for Chelsea. The Blues back in action on Tuesday. We'll look ahead to that after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Southampton visits Stamford Bridge for the second time this month when they head to West London to face Chelsea in the fourth round of the Carabao Cup. Uh, now, I forgot to ask you two to pick a team for this, so I'll just read you mine instead and you can see what you think. This is what I'm going with. Uh, Kepper in goal, defence of Chiloba, Christensen and Saar. I'm having Rhys James and Alonso as my wing-backs. Ruben and Saul in midfield with Ziyech, Havertz and Hudson-Odoi as a front three. Uh, Simon, have, have I missed off anybody obvious who should be featuring as part of this, I don't know, B-team lineup? That's, that, that's, that, that's pretty close. I mean, you, you could probably have an argument for Ross Barkley, maybe. Um, I thought, again, you know, with the limited minutes he had on Saturday, I really liked that turn, that sharp turn he did. Um, and it was a good good effort on goal and Krull made a, made a brilliant save. So there's an argument for Ross Barkley. Um Trying to think who else. I think you've, you've... wonder whether Aspiliqueta comes back in for Reese James just just because he didn't play Saturday. Just yeah, the rotation. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's an argument for that for sure. But um, but yeah, it's that, that sounds a reasonable. I mean, for Saul, it's it's Saul. It's it's a it, he surely will play, and he really needs to to play. Like this will be appearance number four, I think. Um, and he's yet to show anything so it's important for him um if he gets that chance and Alonso you know he, he suddenly got to he's now in the Ben Chilwell position <laughs> he's got to got to sort of after a run of games go all oh, right I'm, I'm suddenly out the team and I've got to show what I can do it's a great battle between those two um Chilwell's almost gone oh Alonso scoring goals I better I better, <laughs> I better become prolific to keep my place um yeah Tuchel's in a very luxurious position to have all these options but Havertz, Dom, is kind of the default nominal striker, isn't he? I was I was looking in, at, at the squad and thinking, are there any other options? And, you know, maybe last year you could have chucked a Jude Soonsup Bell onto the bench or, or something like that. But he's had injury problems at the start of the season and, and hasn't had the kind of impact that, that led to Simon to profile him for the Athletic last year. So, so really, it's, it's Havertz or nobody in that position at the moment. Yeah, and Tuchel made the point on Friday that it's, look, it's unfortunate when... When a couple of injuries come, they come to the basically the in, in the same position. I mean, in, in Werner and, and Lukaku, but but I, I don't think it shouldn't be an issue in terms of 
of of fitness for for Havertz and for him to start this game. Um, he, he came off against against Norwich. He hadn't started that many games previously. Um, he should be raring to go and and sees this as an opportunity to to get back on the on the score sheet and, and back leading the line in a in an effective way. I mean, he's, he scored against Malmo last week, didn't he? So he's 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 he's. I suppose he's had that sensation recently and he'll want more of it. This is an opportunity for him. Just take it. Show that you should be leading the line at St. James's Park at the weekend as well. Um, and then, you know, if you play well for an hour and, and Chelsea are comfortable against Southampton, then you can come off and 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 Tuchel can play a false nine or, or you can ask Hudson-Odoi to fill in there through the middle or, or, or whatever. There'll be a way of getting through the last half hour of a League Cup tie midweek. Um, because Havertz probably will be needed at Newcastle. I mean, unless unless Lukaku's made a, a far quicker return to action than than, than we we imagine, um, it, it'll be the same kind of personnel going to the northeast um, for for that critical game. Then, uh, Simon, does the Club World Cup complicate things here for Chelsea in terms of how important this game is? They don't want a, a fixture pile up, I suppose, later on in the year and and. You know, Manchester City are just going to win the League Cup anyway, ultimately. <laughs> I, I have actually thought that the, the Cup should be called the, the Man City Cup. It should have a, a it should be renamed. I mean, in, in many ways, the situation hasn't changed. You know, Chelsea knew that, that the um, the League Cup and the Club World Cup were, was going to be an issue. It's just a different different time now where the fixture list is now going to be clashing with the possibly the FA Cup as well. And Afcon, and Afcon, yeah, which is um, obviously something that Chelsea will be not so much Zayesh if if he does make make up with Morocco, but but losing Mendy is significant. But anyway, I, yes, of course, it's bottom of the list of priorities. But Tuchel Tuchel was sort of commenting on this and said, essentially, I'm Chelsea manager. I can't pick and choose. I've, I'm expected to win um, every game. So yeah, it's. It reminds me of Liverpool uh, a couple of years ago where they, if you remember, they sort of fielded a completely weakened side and then the other side, the, the first choice team had to go off and compete. I like the League Cup, but it, it just, it's when, when you're one of the top teams and competing on all fronts, it's very, very difficult to to squeeze it in. And I, I think the, the, the FIFA Club World Cup is, is going to cause Chelsea a lot of headaches. Um, not so much with the League Cup, but I think with the Premier League and the, the issues it's going to have on the fixture congestion. City always win the League Cup, though, so it can't be that much of a problem for elite clubs. Can it? I know. I, I just I just think this shit, this season in particular, though. With, just Chelsea, because you're in the Club World Cup? Well, oh, it's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's, it's the time away, isn't it? <laughs> God. What about for for Southampton, Dom? Is this even less of a priority for them than it is for Chelsea? I'm just looking at the Premier League table, only four points above the relegation zone. They've only won once all season. Or do they think, well, this might be an opportunity for us to get a victory against what will be a a reserve Chelsea team, but but use that as a platform to go forward? I think they just... It's just a search for momentum, isn't it? It's a search for for belief. And if they get any kind of result at, at Stamford Bridge... Um, then they'll carry that into their their weekend game at at Watford. I mean, it's it's yeah. I, I don't think there's anything else. I don't think I don't think clubs like like Southampton, and I can speak from experience here, clubs of that stature will 
will be thinking about winning the League Cup because everybody knows, as we've said 16 times on this, it, it, basically one of the elite clubs always wins it, usually Manchester City. So it's just about belief and giving... Even Southampton will have fringe players that that that, that need game time. I mean, looking at the, the team that they played at, at Sheffield United in the previous round, there are, there are plenty of, of, of players there that... that that won't be fe- featuring regularly in their in their Premier League team. Not least the goalkeeper Fraser Forster played at at, at Bramall Lane. So you know there's the similar issues um, in terms of wanting to spread out minutes over a squad, but but it's just about belief. They need they need they need a win just to, as a fillet really, and it would be beating Chelsea at the moment constitutes a a massive boost for any club. Uh, it did for Manchester City when they won in the Premier League. It, it, it will for Southampton if they beat them in the League Cup. So, I mean, that that is the primary motivation, I'd imagine. No extra time at this stage of the competition. So there's the possibility of another penalty shootout in this game. Kicks off 7.45 UK time on Tuesday. We will, of course, react to it in Thursday's pod. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Elsewhere in Chelsea news, Bethany England came off the bench to score for England as they beat Northern Ireland 4-0 in their World Cup qualifier at Wembley. Millie Bright and Frank Kirby started the game. England play Austria on Tuesday. Erin Cuthbert helped Scotland to a 2-1 win against Hungary at Hampden Park. Sam Kerr started for Australia. They beat Brazil in a friendly. And Jesse Fleming was on target as Canada beat New Zealand 5-1. In terms of the academy sides, the under-18s involved in a right old ding-dong with Fulham in the under-18 Premier League South finished 4 all at Motspur Park. Edwin Anderson and Jude Soonset-Bell both bag braces. Soonset Bell second. The final goal of the game, five minutes from time, means Chelsea are fifth in the table. The under-23s drew 1-1 at Leicester. Informed Brian Fiabima notched his fifth goal of the season in PL2 in that one. Uh, just about done for today. Before we go, though, Dom, tell us a bit more about your piece on Zolt Lowe. You've profiled Thomas Tuchel's assistant for the Athletic. Yeah, um, one of the assistant managers at Chelsea, uh, Arno Michels being the other, um, the eighth person of Hungarian descent to have got his hands, his or her hands on the European Cup. Uh, very much an integral member of Tuchel's backroom staff since 2018 when he, he came and joined him at, at Paris Saint-Germain after having basically worked through the Red Bull stable of clubs. He'd been at um, Freeling, he'd been at Salzburg and went to RB Leipzig and worked with Hassan Hüttel and Ranić there. Um, and I think he does have a quite an interesting role within that setup. I think Tuchel quite likes his assistants to speak up and query some of the decisions he makes and some of the ideas he's got. I, th- I get the impression that Zolt is particularly vocal 
on that front. He's he's also a bit of a confidant for the uh, for the players. He's he's the one that sort of tries to get to know them on and off the pitch. Um, tries to to put them at ease, and I think they come to him with their issues and their problems, and and uh, he's a he's a good sounding board for them. So quite an integral member of a of quite a tight knit, um, largely German um, traveling. Uh, team that goes with around uh, Tuchel's clubs um, he's a Hungarian in the mix and and he's made a very very favourable impression at, at Cobham since since joining the club Interesting Simon isn't it that, that Anthony Barry and, and Joe Edwards have been kept on and they're clearly quite valued as, as part of that team you could understand them them sticking around to kind of ease the transition from Lampard but but obviously Tuchel feels that they work well not just with him but with the likes of Zoltlo and, and the rest of the team who, who came from PSG and elsewhere Yeah and, and don't forget that, that this is also Chelsea's modus operandi they, they, they want domestic coaches to be part of the setup so there's that sort of consistency because you never know it could all go wrong Tuchel takes all his staff with him and and you want that sort of that you want that those guys that know the club inside and out to be there to work with the next guy um usually it's a, a sort of more of a legendary figure like like we've seen at Franco Zola um Eddie Newton had a, had a time but um, but these two are really respected coaches, um, really respected coaches. Barry has come in and made a huge impact. Joe Edwards had a period where he was a little bit sidelined when when Tuka first took over, but he's now, yeah, he, he's a lot more noticeable, put it that way. So I, I think these guys make a real positive contribution to what's going on. Mm, be interesting to see what happens when Frank Lampard gets his next job. I suppose. Um, Simon, are you on duty for the Southampton game? I am. My my third trip to the buffet in a week. Zoom call is good. Maybe, maybe you're just closer to the camera side, but you just does seem to be having an effect on the old zooms. Shots <laughs> <laughs> <Just> fired. Ouch. <laughs> Dobbs is bitter because, I miss the you know, he has to talk about mid, mid-table mid football every week. But... Um, <laughs> But, but yes, we've had uh, what butter chicken we discussed last week. It was the English sort of little English breakfast on Saturday. No, yeah, that's not my favourite. So let's go back to some proper proper cuisine. It's a rule you never talk about the press buffet at, at Chelsea. That is one of the rules. It's I'm a rule breaker. Rules. Sorry, you should know better. I, I live. I live on the edge. Rebel. <laughs> yeah. Maverick. I'm absolutely staggered to hear that an English breakfast is not on your, on your <laughs> regular list of uh, of must eat. Although it was good, the sausage in particular it seemed to be a really good quality one. You can often skimp on that, but our listeners are not interested in this. I, I can guarantee. It always falls that. apart at the end of the, the show. Juice has gone to sleep as well. Loose is gone. <laughs> right, it's time for one of my gags. Oh no! Can we have a quiz instead? <laughs> Just to finish yeah, the show. Um, Thursday's quiz will be the other six people of Hungarian descent to get their hands on the European Cup, possibly. <laughs> Simon, apart from buffet chat, what else is being dished up over on the Athletic uh, from your brain slash pen? <laughs> well, not much for my brain, but um, we, we are obviously um, me and Don. We, we're going to be uh, looking ahead to the battle of the. Rich owners, although one is um, very much richer than the other, um, and just sort of putting it in the context of what perhaps Newcastle can learn from what Chelsea 
did or didn't do uh, 18 years ago. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Uh, anyway, theathletic.com slash Chelsea pod, the place to go to sign up. If you're not currently a subscriber, there is uh, absolutely no buffet basis <laughs> on there. So you, you'll be safe from that. Um, we'll return on Thursday when we'll look back on Southampton and ahead to Newcastle. Until then, from all of us here, it's goodbye. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.